back at it. We have an amazing guest today. Our first guest, really. I mean, not really first, but first good guest. The only other guy. I don't know. He was all right. Feed guy. Guy we got today. He's an all-around stud, right? Retired fireman. Retired electrician. Military. Military. I uh, believe still a full-time trapper, maybe. Yes. Full-time as full-time trapper. as you can be. Jim Sailing in the studio today. <laughs> Crowd goes wild. <laughs> I was thinking about today and what you... Uh, I got my first bobcat with Jim, which you guys maybe did it with other people in your life, but that's my first, my yeah. second, and my third with you, so... Uh, I've I, yet to get invited. <laughs> well, well, you got to be cool. Something you got to be a good building. Clint... Clint's never been. Clay and I have been a lot. Clay and I actually ran your line for a little bit when your eye got hurt, right? I mean, yeah. What was a yeah. few days? You of guys help? actually caught a cat that I had, that you had found a month Colin, earlier. Calling it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or two months earlier. Yeah, it was long before the season. That's yeah. a great story for some time in the next half hour, for sure. Half yeah. hour? Yeah, We're going to talk story. for like four hours with Jim. <laughs> the, he's uh, got a long life of interesting stories. I mean, he's. Well, we won't get into that yet. We'll save that for a little bit later. <laughs> where, where do you want to start your life, Jim? I, I want to I ask Jim if he remembers meeting us and where. I remember meeting you guys at a Bullies, I believe. No. Nope. No, it was at a bowling alley. There it is. Ding, ding, ding. It was Jim. at a bowling alley in... Um, Allen, Nevada. Yeah, and we were having some cocktails at the bowling alley, and you guys were over at a table in full camo, and a friend of mine came over to me and asked if I knew where there was any coyotes, because there was three guys over having a couple cocktails over there that are looking for some coyotes. With a bunch of coyote blood on our hands. <laughs> yeah. or, or not. We couldn't kill one, and we were asking for some help. Yeah, and... and <laughs> Anyway, I kind of explained to him where I thought there might be a coyote because I had trapped that area and I'd seen some in the past. And so they went out and uh, and I explained to him that I trapped. And so they went out and actually you got a double on that. Yeah. That stand from what you told me. And the next call I got from him, I didn't take. I thought it was a work call, so I didn't take it because it was trapping season. And a couple calls later, I answered uh, Clay, and he asked if he could uh, ride along with me on a trap line, and I think it's pretty much history from then on. Yeah. Whenabouts was it? I'm trying to do the math. I think it was seven years ago. It, it, no, longer than that. It was our first, very first season of television. I was nine years ago. Ten or eleven. Yeah. Yeah, Ten. A long time ago. Long time ago. Yeah. Jim, Jim was in a leather jacket, khaki pants, was trolling the bar, even though he had his wife with him. But, I mean, he was looking good there looking in Fallon. Good. He was a Fallon 10 for sure. Yeah. And, and, and definitely. Uh, the good thing is, now that you're older, you still got your memory. I'm glad you can remember that time. What is the name of the bowling alley? In uh, Fallon? It's, it's uh, right across the street from the Cock and Bowl. But well, that's what, what I thought I was thinking. Because <laughs> he said bullies, and then he said we were having a few cocktails, and I thought, isn't it the Cock and Bowl? I think that closed, though, right? No, no, it's not the Cock and Bowl. No, the bowling alley has a bar, and, you know, only in Fallon. But um, I think it's the Fallon Bowl. And it's next door to the Cock and Bowl. It's, it's right, there, right, right, right across the street. The, street. Yeah. The, co the Cock and Bowl's closed, though, right, I think? Or is it still yeah, open? You no, know, it's closed. It, it closed a couple of years ago. 
not to skip ahead in our life and <laughs> details, but when we went trapping with Jim, I found this badass old rusty uh, gas can, oh, yeah. and I picked it up. And he never said anything to me that day, but when we got to be better friends, he said, I was going to pick that can up. I saw it a few days before when I set that line, and I left it, and you grabbed it. And today it still sits in my front yard as part of a yard art thing from Nevada. Well, you know what, Alex? I still have the uh, that little fireplace I found for you. Oh, really? Remember? I told you that when you took that, when you stole that from me, <laughs> I, I, I remember that, and I thought, well, you know, should I let him have this? Because... You kept telling me you really like yard art like that. And, of course, I have a bar in my backyard. and One of the coolest backyards I've ever been to. A bar in the backyard that was... That's a, that's you, a podcast an old building in of itself. Yeah, it, it was a building out it, in the middle of no, nowhere, Nevada, and you went and picked it up, right? Correct. It was a uh, it was an eight, 18 or a nineteen sixteen telegraph building, and I went out and recovered it. I did have permission, not from the highway patrol to move it, but I did have permission. So to get, to get the building, it, it was moved. And yeah. what was the jail? Because you have you have a jail for you guys to wrap your mind around this. When you go in Jim's backyard, his bar is this old wood structure that used to be a telegraph station from the early 1900s, right? And then to the left left of that, if you're looking at it, that was a Bud Light that just fell over. Uh, Jesus, Clint is a. You're on uh, that? Uh, Clint's going to step away for a minute, so Alex can... I'm going I'm to sip that That out. was the first one, first spill on my... Ta- hey, Jim, by the way, I built this table. Notice, notice how it's not sinking Did in. Did you I really? Could, I could yeah. slurp that up. Yes. Hold on. We're, uh, we're going to give Jim a coaster. We're going to give Alex a bib, and Clint's going to get some uh, paper towels. You really, you really built this? Yeah. My saying to you has been for, I guess it's the last nine years, has you never, you never cease to amaze me. <laughs> and Alex, you know, uh, Barb thought we had a bro thing going pretty good. Oh, yeah. Because Alex is hot. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you could see him, he's hot. He just And he's probably, only because I've seen him shoot more than I have Clay, yeah. he is probably the best rifle shot I know. I say it every time and then somebody asks me who's the best shot, I say Alex Crosby. Every I, time. I, I think so. I've, I really believe that. Even though I'd hope to dodge this inevitable, but I did miss that first Bobcat you, that you had for me three times or two. Th- that was with, pi- got, that one, was with the pistol. One time four, I got it in three the ear. Feet away. Yeah, but <laughs> in your defense, he was he was at least 24 inches uh, away from you when well, you shot. He was big and mean. and uh, He was. It, and it was your dad or grandpa's 1900 Ruger Bearcat, which... It was my uh, dad's, yes. Yeah, so no, or what do they call those sites? A boat tail site from... A dovetail. Dovetail, dovetail. site for... Uh, that was a hundred years older than me. Clint's putting a blue bib on. Yeah, Clint's Thank putting you. the bib. You should. We ring that back into my can. I don't want to lose any of that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> no, that's freaking. That's a true story, though, right? That gun's like a hundred. How old's that gun? Well, I, you know, I I don't know, but you know, I've packed it for. Well, I started trapping when. Uh, in 1967, because I went in the service in 68 and 69, so I started trapping that long ago, and when and I'd used that Bearcat before, but when my dad passed away, I ended up having it. 
So it's yeah, it's an awesome. It's been game. well because of that. Now Clint has one. I think I have one. I'm trying to a get little one. bit, a little bit newer. I actually found one in an auction that had never been fired. And got it for like I don't remember fifty hundred hundred bucks oh, or something. Wow. Well, and it's never been fired. It's freaking they're sweet. Spend, they're pretty spendy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now they're, Clint, they're worth Clint, I've been could, trying to find it. It could have been Clint's. I called him. I said, "You want this?" And he was on like the eleventh hole golfing, and he went and answered his phone, and he answered it one time, and I said, "Hey." This is what it is. And then he goes, well, keep me informed what it goes to. And I was like, okay. And then he never answered his phone again. He, he, I think he got a birdie that I went, day. No, I went on a birdie streak. Yeah, birdie streak. And he never answered his phone. He was so high on that birdie streak that he didn't answer my phone. So I bought it for myself, Jim. So, Well, you ever birdied one, one hole in a row? I, <laughs> yes. I, I, That's a streak. Yeah. <laughs> don't be offended, but I don't think golf school. <laughs> I just that, that just made me think you were so much cooler. <laughs> just, Even though I do play golf, I never I never get invited to, on a trap line. Yeah, and and now I'm getting funny. insulted. It's starting to come out. Isn't yeah, it? I'm just going to drink my beer and not spill. But it, Clay, it's interesting that you ask about that bear cut because um, a friend of mine, uh, Jeff Borsini. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's a he's a lion awesome guy. Awesome farmer. Great rancher. Great guy, and uh, his son went with us one time on a trap line. And uh, I ended up having the little bear cat with me and caught a cat. And, you know, we do, we choke him down now rather than shoot him most of the time. But uh, he saw that, and that's what he ended up uh, for Christmas the next year okay. was a, a bear cat pistol. Oh, that's cool. That's what he wanted. So, you know, I guess that pistol's got a lot of cool history. Yeah, with a lot of a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people have it, used that to yeah, dispatch it, 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 animal. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I wanted to interject real quick. Just give us a quick background. You mentioned your military service. Just give us kind of start from there and just give us an idea of what you've been doing the last 50 years. Well, where, Not, were, you, where were you born? Yeah, start start. Well, I, 50 years ago, he was I, born, right? <laughs> I was born in Reno and um, grew up in Reno. Uh, ended up, you know, mine was old school, so um, I just got a letter in the mail that says, congratulations, you've been selected to join the United States Army, meet on Booth Street, and they put me in a bus and sent me to San Francisco for a physical, and then from there... I went to uh, basic training and AIT, and then um, into Southeast Asia. I was overseas for 13 and a half months. That's not a great part of my life, so that <laughs> I did that, and then uh, got out. Um, went through the apprenticeship program uh, and became an electrician. After four years of school, and at the time, uh, we went to the University of Nevada school. Um, after four years of that, and it was every day, it wasn't like, you know, a couple hours here and there on a computer. We actually went to school. <laughs> and then um, I turned out as a journeyman electrician and went in business with my dad. We opened our own business. Um, I moved to Fallon, Nevada, which is 60 miles east of Reno. And when was that? Pardon me? When did you do that? I did that in, um, I got out in 70, well, they called us a 19-month wonder. If you went overseas for so long, you got out a little kind of early. So I spent my four years, but I was I only had to do active duty for 19 months. It was 
at the time. That's, what, that's, that was what the deal was. Wasn't it something like if you agreed to go or stay, then you could get out, right? It, it basically, if you did a year and then you agreed not to take a break or go home or do whatever, then you would do those extra whatever it is, and then you could just go home, right? I, somebody was telling me something like that. There was that option. I didn't, um, I didn't do that. I just... Um, Vians, I'd been overseas. You could re-up and, and go back. You know, I, I didn't care to do that, so I just I wanted to go home. But what I meant is you... If a if a if an enlistment is two years, if you agreed to stay overseas and not come home, like right, they gave you guys like a one week break or something in in between your years of service or whatever. And if you agreed just to stay and keep doing what you guys were doing over there, they would let you out of your contract or your draft early, right? Or something. Well, I when I was in, it was a it was a re up and um, it was kind of a oh. Um, motivational thing if you re-up we'll give you x amount of dollars oh so you know you could all i did is sent my money home when i was overseas but then when i i got out i was still in uh, i i ets which is is when you leave i guess it's estimated time of service. leave service and i that was in all my papers were in um um Herlong, Nevada. And so, yeah, you know, I, I never did that. I just, I served my time and, and left and didn't want anything to, looking back, you know, I could have retired from the military. Of course, I had some issues, you know, I was a private and a sergeant and a E5 and a E4 and an E3 and an E2 one several times. So I had my issues in there where <laughs> I had those of you in the military. I got a lot of Article 15s. You know what those are. <laughs> so, so now you're in Reno I was kinda, moving yeah. to Fallon. So now I'm in Reno moving to Fallon. And I moved to Fallon in uh, probably in the mid-70s. And I bought a little ranch um, and worked it for a while. I didn't really do very well at that. Had a bunch of cows and horses. I broke horses for a while for some guys because I grew up on a little mini ranch in Reno. And well, let me see. What drew you to Fallon? Be, yeah. You wanted to be a rancher? I, I, yeah, I kind of wanted to um, be a rancher because I, I, Buckaroon is a different uh, it, it's a slang. A lot of people think buckaroon is not is like kind of a fun thing to do or call yourself. But when I was buckaroon, what we would do is we would go and herd cows, go out in Dixie Valley, go out in the desert, and everybody had their own horse, and we just go, you know, round up. And that's that's what I wanted to do, and that's what I ended up doing along with my electrical business. So. I had the electrical business, and I continued working that. And a friend of mine, uh, Marty Paul, he came up to me, and he says, you know, we need, we need to um, get some people in the fire department. Would you be interested? And I go, yeah, I, I'd be interested. So I went, and I applied, and I did all the paperwork, and I did all the 
orientation and all the little things that you have to do and they didn't let me on <laughs> so too many two, article 15 right yeah too many article 15s <laughs> so two years later um they called the fire department uh this is fallon fire they called me and uh, asked me if i would like to give it another try so i did i got on so I'll make a short story out of that. I spent uh, eight. I spent my first three years as a firefighter, and then I became a captain. Spent 18 years as an inside captain, which uh, inside captain is the is the captain that's always inside the wrecks, in the hot zones, inside the house. So you're calling the shots on the actual per, incident. Much, pretty much. I had a, I had with my turnouts and my helmet. I had a squawk box, so I could talk. Everybody else had radios, and I could talk they could hear me talk in a fire in a wreck. So after that, I decided that it was about time for me to leave, but they made me a safety officer, which was a chief. So I spent the next couple of years doing that, and I've since retired from that, and I retired from, which I had sailing electric. I retired from that also, and pretty much uh, been full-time trapping and hunting and granddad and granddad i have <laughs> i have uh, barb and i have uh i'm gonna get in trouble on this i think we have 13 <laughs> grandkids holy cow and um they're pretty much what i live for they're awesome you skipped a a, a, a crucial point where does trapping where and why did trapping come in? Because you said since the '60s, right? So, yeah. Uh, when you got when you got home from the military, you picked trapping back up, or you started it then, and then did you just do it as like a side deal while you were a firefighter, while you're an electrician, while you were doing all that? No. To be honest with you, being an electrician, I own my own business. Being a firefighter, and once I became a captain, I could pretty much call my shots. So. That's a good question, Alex, because the electrical business and the firefighting business and everything was second to my trapping. Hmm. I always trapped. And for monetary reasons or just because you enjoyed it and you can say both or whatever? Uh, you know, in the way back when it wasn't, there was no money. There was no money in, in I started out catching muskrats. Um, we, we had a contract out at uh, uh, Nutgrass and Swan Lake and goose lake out at uh, stillwater Still yeah and we were catching 80 muskrats a day and that that was because you know i didn't couldn't really afford a bunch of traps for cats and coyotes and fox and that so explain what a muskrat trap is because i never knew what they were that's that little tube right or whatever that you know no it's a regular trap what i use is they call it a stop loss trap and it's a regular trap like you have set with me in the past but it's a number one it's way smaller than the number threes and number two and a half or threes that we've been using and it has a spring on it they call it a stop loss and when the trap goes off the spring pushes the animal away so it can't get to the its foot and because the muskrats knowing to chew it off or something yeah they'll they'll chew they, they will okay you know people say about the coyotes they says yeah they always chew their legs off and some of the people that probably don't want to listen to what i'm going to say but thanks for listening they they don't they're not smart enough to go oh number two 
uh, Duke think I'll chew my leg off because I can get away and run away. They usually, in my experience, were trapping in the cold weather and their foot freezes. There's no blood getting to their toes because the trap's on them. They freeze and eventually they just pull out of the trap and because it's froze. It's frozen, and they yeah. lose their toes. They do lose their toes. But I, I, I like trapping all the time. That no, no, you're no. no. I, I just, I've always liked trapping. And then once I got into the uh, coyotes and cats, you know, that's kind of my bag. I, I, I study the cats. You guys have been with me when we turn almost everything else loose. Maybe yep. not coyotes, but the fox and the uh, I actually I remember one of the moments that was really great that uh, Clay turned believe it or not he turned a porcupine loose with <laughs> flip flops on that's right <laughs> that's how tough I am bud you remember that badger that I didn't turn loose <laughs> yes that thing was awesome we held uh, awesome pictures I was going to say before you move on Crosby not move on, We're not moving on. Uh, you know, you and Alex have something in common with that, the trapping with the three. He's had a lot of girlfriends that he's had to do that. You know. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Have they chewed I, off their arm to get no, away from no. him? Oh, I was, I oh yeah. Mine off. yeah. <laughs> Beat you to it. I, I think we're going to talk about trapping for a minute, so I think it's important that I, Jim is an animal. Like, And I don't mean that in a, a weird way. It's or bad. He is so smart with... I've hey. never, uh, I've, we've been, our family's been trapping. Yeah, you guys got for, pictured back when you were when we were five, and our Uncle Bob was known as one of the best. I mean, Bob Baker, if you study him, he was one of the best. Yeah. Everyone will tell you that. And then you meet Jim, and you're just like, it's like on another level. I uh, Another level with what you've learned from him. I thought about Jim last night when I laid my head down to rest, because I knew we'd be talking. So I thought about you in bed last night, if you want to tell Barb that. Cool. Um, <laughs> And I don't. She, she knows that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one of the uh, one of the coolest things I think Jim's ever said, and it's the god honest truth, is he said. Well, he taught us a lot about you know uh, the 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 footprints that an animal leaves behind, and you know what a lot Scratches. of people a lot of people see you know something in the snow and they go, oh, that's a mountain lion, you know, and then you know Jim of course would be like, that's a black lab, you know, but he said two things that have resonated with me in this whole time we've been friends. He said, if I see a cat's tracks, I could darn near tell you what foot that I'll catch it on. Yep. And he's, and he's, and he's not BSing when he says that. So what he's saying is he knows, you know, this is the, you know, right front, left front, whatever. And he goes by this piece of sagebrush every day the same way. And if I put this trap right here, I'll catch him by his back right foot and he can do it. It's freaking nuts. Oh yeah. And, uh, and the other thing he said, you know, is once he once he finds that sign that Clay's talking about a scratch or, you know, something like that, he, he said, uh, given enough time, I will catch that cat. And and he's he's right, dude. It's it's, it's scary how good you are at trapping, Jim. Well, it's not scary, but I mean, it's just for, I guess maybe it's your time you put into it or just the passion that you have for it. But I've never I never met your uncle Bob, but I've never met anybody that can do what you do. It's and it's well, really cool. What to really see. impressed me. You know, even before he would teach us stuff, and we did X amount of episodes with him and learning on it and teaching us and teaching Chance and Caden going out on with him. And, and the biggest thing when we did, me and you called that coyote, where he's talking about to bring that story full circle, called in that bobcat down on the river where we're talking. Mm -hmm. And so we got to call Jim. And that was right when he hurt his eye. 
And how'd you hurt your eye? You get a piece of uh, metal got in it? Uh, no, I was, uh, believe it or not, I was trapping and I slipped and fell. Oh, yeah. And right. I broke s some ribs and I detached the retina in That's my right. eye. That's right. I remember. So I got a call and by law... Um, in Nevada, it used to be every 96, now it's every 72. No, no it's still 96. Still 96. Yeah. Okay. So every 96 hours, you have to check your traps. And with Jim being out <laughs> and can't do his traps, he would have had to go out there and leave them, being illegal, or me knowing and you knowing his trap line because we had been on it so he called and said hey i got hurt will you go check my line and i can't remember if you said shut one down or because you'll be out for a little bit um, but at least go check these so i'm legal in checking these traps every 96 hours and um that trap where we call that bobcat in we went out there and did an interview with him prior to it getting hurt or him getting hurt it was within the four days of the first check right so he he goes out there we tell him this is where this cat we called him in he looked around for 10 minutes and goes okay i'm going to catch him right here and he put a trap down <laughs> and then he gets hurt and me and chad actually went out and, and checked that line that day and, and i was there too were you oh yeah you had so we all checked it and sure enough first check right where he said it right in the by that tree stump that he was going to catch it and he caught it and it was like one of the best cats that year oh yeah it was insane it, I, it's just amazing to me where a cat it can walk anywhere in the country it can or wants to and if you say i'm going to catch a cat right there and he does it yep. that's insane <laughs> he did it uh i won't give away your area but we went uh do you remember that day it's where i go chuck hunting in the in the middle ish of Nevada, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. and we we walked up and uh, you did not have a line set there, but you you went and looked at that rock outcrop, and you were like, oh yeah, there's one you know walking around in here, and set a couple of traps, and then we were texting, hey, did you get you know get? He goes, oh, I got that one out there at you know secret spot number one, where dude, right out of the thin blue air, we just you know he looks at a little outcropping of rocks, goes up there, sets a trap, and we won't give away your secrets on on the. Uh, air but he's got some uh really basic stuff that you do i guess right i mean like probably well, that anyone go does back and watch our episodes there's quite a few episodes that the tips on there that are insane yeah and then he and then he's got some some stuff that probably not a lot of people know about and it's kind of funny we've been in the desert you know coyote hunting during trap season and we'll run across them every now and again and mm -hmm. you see some of the garbage that people put out there i'm not putting anybody down or anything but i just think and i know some people do it whatever they you know willy-nilly or you know they go set up a few traps and we've run across lines that you know people have forgotten about that are mm -hmm. they you know the traps traps are all rusted over you know and they're just you know they forgot about them or didn't go back and check them and they're it's, it's a hobby to to some people and it's a it's a true passion to jim and it's just like it i said man like <laughs> 10 years ago those two lines that jim said and it, and and he's not pulling your leg when he says them man he can be he just knows what he's doing. He can read the read the sign. Just ah, it's nuts, man. And anybody that traps, you know, you'd you'd benefit from, like you said, going back and looking at some of those old episodes of Jim trapping and you know seeing all the cool stuff that he does. And yeah, we learned. I I learned more about bobcats and coyotes from you than probably anybody. You know, you just very not, big wealth. Not of just of how to do it, but reasons why yeah. you trap. I mean. Why do you trap, Jim? Other than, other than for, I mean, as a conservation tool, 
Why, why is trapping a necessity? Well, first off, thanks for all the nice <laughs> things you said. I do want to say something about that. Is like, you, you guys with your coyote calling, you guys are the best. And the reason you guys, I think, are the best is because you love what you're doing. Anybody that has a job and they absolutely can't wait to get up in the morning to go to that job, I would say that the biggest percentage of those people are very successful at what they do. And I think that's, that is a key point for me. For me to be successful in my trapping and you guys to be successful in, in, in this, what you're doing right now in your episodes and, you know, the banded nations and uh, the, the whole thing that you guys do, you're successful because you love it and you do it, do a great job at it. So I think I think that's if if people don't have the passion to do that. And and they're weekenders. I'm not putting them down either, Alex. I'm, I'm I agree with you. It's um, it's and don't don't throw me out of your building. But it's golf. Yeah. You know, you can go play golf and it's fun. But if you want to be good at golf, you're going to have to quit your job and play golf. Right. So that's a good analogy. But for for me, unless you're me, because I'm really good. I play once a year and shoot 68 every day. And then he laid on the couch for another week with to amaze me. (laughs) 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 Made this table that we're talking on, too. Yeah. Renaissance yeah. man, Clay is. Yeah, he, he, and that's 68s and 14 <coughs> holes, so I don't right. fool you. It's what'd you, what'd you do on the back, <laughs> man? My back, my back <laughs> goes out and I can't play. I sit in the cart and drink the rest of the round. The, the one round he's talking about, I happened to be there with him, and he actually shot really well. But uh, I think we had two or three holes left, and he didn't hit a good drive. And oh, it's kind of one of those. So it's kind of one of those ones. Just reload, you know. You're playing a good round, reload. If it's a good drive in the middle, playing by the rules, you're just you know you're hitting three from the fairway. Big deal. He didn't even didn't even contemplate teeing another one up. He's like, no, nah, my back's done. <laughs> no more swing. no more big swings today. No. <laughs> it's yeah, pretty yeah. good. All right, Jim. Uh, the key so word, why do you do it? Well, <laughs> getting back to what you just said, that little statement, the key thing there is play by the rules. See, it's hard to win that way. <laughs> but anyway, that's golf. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> well, I, you know what? Um, there's a lot of reasons. Uh, I, I guess the main reason is because I really love doing what I do in the trapping. But, you know, if you want if, if you want a good deer harvest, if you want a good sheep harvest, mountain lions, they're, they sheep like lollipops. They just, um, they, they might as well have a cell phone tell them where that collar is. They know where those sheep are. And <clears throat> guzzlers are a great place. That's a McDonald's to a lot of animals. Oh, yeah. They just, um, so by taking out the predator, I feel that you're, the good Lord made this right. When there's a lot of prey, there's a lot of predators. When there's no prey, there's not as many predators. Coyotes are different. Coyotes have 10 or 12 babies and most of them live. Bobcats have one or two and one or two might live. And they stick around for quite a while. Coyotes can eat anything. Cats like good fresh food. There, so I, I, I think any of the animals out there that like good fresh food kill a lot of critters. You know, a bobcat will probably eat, I don't know, 
I'm not even sure how many rabbits a week, but several. A mountain lion, excuse me, will eat a deer a week, which is not totally true. That's, that's what everybody says. They'll probably kill a deer a week. Not, yeah. and not finish eating it, yeah. you know, and then go, once it starts getting a little bit rough, the coyotes will come and eat it, but, and the birds, but the lion will go kill another deer or sheep or something. There, there's a, something that you, you talked to us about, and I think that this is the path that we want to go down, is you, if you don't remember this, fine, but you kind of said, you know, with trapping, like say you trapped a mountain and you didn't trap a mountain, the mountain that you trap is going to be healthier than the, than the one that you didn't. And, and something that I didn't know, but a lot of people probably know is like, so a tomcat, a female mountain or female bobcat, right? Mountain lion too. They won't breed with a tomcat, right? Unless the babies are gone. So they'll kill, they'll actually kill the cubs or the kittens or whatever they are at that point in order to breed the female bobcat again so your kind of take on it and i don't remember exactly but you know if you're if uh, if you're trapping a mountain and you're you know getting rid of some of those toms or even getting rid of some of the females or whatever you'll have an actually a healthier bobcat population if you leave them to their own demise that one tomcat you know like you said they have one two kittens that tomcat happens to make his circle by and he wants to breed that that bobcat he'll kill both those kittens right there in order to reproduce again yeah so you actually end up with a healthier bobcat population when you're controlling a little bit which i think is across the board with predators speak to that for a minute if i got part of it right or all of it right or something you did you got it you nailed it what i do a lot of research you know i will watch you know it's weird because i'll watch a house cat walk I, 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 from I know behind her. If, if it's a bob, if it doesn't have a tail from behind, for sure. It, I just, I, I definitely watch everything walk, and to to learn, and uh, and I'll. Barb always tells me she goes, "You never read." Well, I have a library, but my library's on bobcats. It's not on coyotes, it's not on fox, it's not on anything else. It's on bobcats. And there's one book in there, it's called the Bobcat Bible. It's an older book. They did a study, what you're talking about, Alex, is there was a five-year study. I'll condense this way down. There's a five-year study on like mountains. One is a military place, and one is BLM, so to speak. It might not have been BLM. Bureau of Land Management. Yes. Okay, but, but, it, but it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get there eventually. We'll get there eventually. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, really. So, anyway, there's these two like pieces of property. The military, uh, and they had, they did this collared survey, and they collared everything they could catch, everything they could catch. Well, there was X amount of cats on each one. It took them a long time to find this like areas. It was a five-year study after five years where there was no trapping, no predator control at all, zero, fenced. Some of them probably got out of the fenced area, but pretty much... A controlled situation, and the other one was trapped. Well, where the one that was not trapped, there was a female and a male left with collars. That's all they could find in a five-year study. 
in that same five-year study where somebody was going in, using what they could to catch the tomcat, because you can, it's like anything else. Like if a dog urinates on your lawn and you want to catch a dog, put a trap right there because the next neighbor's dog's going to come by. He's going to go pee on that spot and you'll catch him. So what we as trappers try to do is catch the males. The males are worth more money. They're bigger. They have better spots. The females have had kittens. They nurse. They're yellow from the nursing. They're not as good. They don't. They, there's a whole bunch of things and all they are is our stock. We want to keep those. So um, anyway, the survey was that there was like 14 or 15 cats on the spot that was used predator control, and there was two because the male keep killing kittens and breeding until she was bred out. She could not breed anymore, but the two lived there. Yeah, so, so you end up with the stagnant so, mountain. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's it, well, it just does this. I mean, we we understand it, and uh, I mean, best way to put it is the education behind people that are against trapping hunting it goes to the same thing hunters and conservation is that's what it is it's conservation and there's more animals today because of what we do in trapping and hunting and whatever it is i mean it's just it's the way it is and, and maybe <laughs> maybe i glaze over that stuff too fast maybe people don't understand that you know the psychology of an animal because i think bears do the same thing right a, a pre, is it predators in general won't will, will kill off the young and stuff to breed the females or is it i don't know didn't you just hear him i, I, I don't cat, cats is, cat guy. lions do it <laughs> african lions do it yeah so yeah, yeah. what a uh i really wanted to talk about something we, we saw at your house and it was not you but you mentioned earlier choking down a cat it, I think this is one of the most interesting things in Nevada you cannot trap a mountain lion correct That's you can trap them you can't kill them out of the trap you can't kill them out of the yeah. trap yeah. so you, you can't target them or you know you, you don't have to let them you, lose. you gotta let them lose yeah. so explain what it means <laughs> to let a cat and I know there's two different ways you can call fishing game and they'll come do it for you with a tranquilizer dart or whatever to a guy that needs to get moving on his trap line, how do you get a lion out of your trap line? There's if you don't want to talk about it, don't. <laughs> no, there's a couple of ways. There's um, what, what I have done in the um, future. In the past, I used number threes and number fours, and I could hold a lion as long as I was over those knuckles. If I was below the knuckles, I couldn't hold them. But with the number two or number one and a half, I've switched to those because the lion's paws are so big. Sometimes they trip it with the whole paw and <clears throat> you don't catch them. If you do catch them, and I believe, didn't we turn one loose on dead dog walking once? No. No, not a mountain lion. <clears throat> well, Fox, foxes and other stuff, but not. Okay, I've, tr I've turned a few loose, and it's a rodeo for sure. That's what, yeah. I mean, We've you know. Seen, you've, you've showed us video of you doing it. Yeah, it's because, you know, it's a, it's hard both ways. If you choke one down the first the, the one that you're talking about i choked down with a snare because i was out there on the end of a big branch is what it was on the end it? of a willow stick that yeah. i cut down <laughs> yeah to and give I, you an idea about jim sailing a yeah. snare and a willow stick for a mountain lion. Boy, that's all he needs survive. yeah yeah and well i'd caught the mountain lion and it was caught pretty good so uh, a lot of times you can spook them um, it depends on who's toughest, who's going to spook who. But if you can spook them, 
excuse me, they'll pop out of a trap. When they hit the end of that, they'll pop out because they're big and strong and they just pull out. If you can get them to run the other way of the you, chain is what you're saying, y- right? Yeah. It's, you just got to get them to run that way. Because the toms won't run usually, right? Normally. Or they're lazy the, or whatever. Well, they'll, lay, they'll stay to fight. Yeah, they'll fight. <clears throat> so... Uh, what, what I did on that one, now I have a choke stick, which is only, it's only a four-foot stick, so it's, it's a little bit spooky, too, because the mountain lion's paws almost that, but, mm-hmm. or leg. But the one uh, Clay's talking about is, um, I, I did, I caught one, <clears throat> I caught it good, and I was on my trap line, and the thing is, is, if you don't check your traps every 96 hours, you get fined. And you get fined for each trap. So it's, it's a, a non-visitation fine. Well, if I spend a lot of time, because I long line, I spend every single day out. And if I miss a day because I'm sick or somebody, fortunately, you guys covered my traps for me a lot of time, other times besides that. And, you know, so you can't hesitate you can't if it, it's kind of like if you have a hair appointment and you miss it you've got to wait till next week to get another one you just missed it <clears throat> so um anyway i took a snare out the snare is a six foot snare i took two of them i took uh, i cut down a about a 12 foot willow and i put a little piece of baling wire on the end of the willow and I put the snare on the end of that, and then I wrapped the back part of the snare around my hand. And it's a real, <clears throat> I would not advise this. <laughs> yeah. I, I would not advise this for, for I mean. Multiple for, reasons. This all sounded good until you said I wrapped it around my hand. Well, yeah. that, you got to hold it. You got to, you got to hold. You, you got to make it engage, You got to right? make it work. Got to make it work. And uh, the reason I'm saying that is because it's a real fine line. This one's on video, so everything went good. But it's a fine line because if you choke them and you can't get your trap off, trap off into time you could kill them so because they're out of air the tricky part is when you take the trap off now you have a lion on a leash which is a little spooky too (laughs) and so you ruin your snare because it's so tight it has to be told here's the difference between the the critters out there to choke down a, a lion or a bobcat is simple because their veins to the brain is on the outside of their neck and they choke fast you know you can choke a bobcat a bobcat is deceased in 30 seconds he's done and he's done the second you pull it he's done Uh, the coyotes all the dog family all those guys their veins are inside you can choke them all day long with a choke stick I mean eventually they will but um, so they're easy I guess what I'm saying is they're really easier than you would think. But you have to cut your snare off because it's so tight you can't take it off. It tightens every time. So you have to have a pair of pliers, have to kind of go prepared, and you turn them loose, and 
and hope like hell, heck, yeah. that they run the other way. Right. <laughs> on the one that I did that you're talking about on the that we videoed, um, it thought it was still caught, so it laid there, and I ran away. Which is and, yeah. that's a good scenario. Yeah, I got, you, part of part of it is you have to wait and make sure they're okay. Right. Absolutely. You, you're not allowed to just choke them down, cut it off, and walk away. You got to make sure he wakes back or it wakes back up and all that stuff. You know, the Nevada Department of Wildlife probably frowns on that. They would much rather us call them. The problem with that, and I don't care if they listen to this or not, but the problem with that is as soon as you catch one, by no trapper wants to catch yeah. a mountain lion. Yeah. The reason is, is it slows him down. It ruins his set. It, you know, a bobcat doesn't want to come around where he smells a lion. Right. They, it, it's all bad, bad, bad. The whole thing is bad. But to, if if we do catch one and we call the Department of Wildlife, there's an investigation on me or any other trapper of why we caught it. And it takes hours for them to get out there. And uh, days. Right. And you're, when you're long lining, basically you're, uh, you know, an area a day, right? You're, you're there at sun up and you run it till sundown or, or even later, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, Alex, my longest line, uh, long lining uh, was 612 miles one day. Yeah. And that's 80 miles of it was on a, a quad. Yeah. So you're not stopping. You, you can't running. stop three or four hours and wait for some of your. No, we're running. Yeah. What you can do is do a GPS and say, hey, it's here. But I know a friend of mine, I won't say his name, he's a trapper. He he did that and four days later went back and still there still there four days later went back and I was dead yeah did, did. and he had called it in <coughs> yeah so he should he, he should have just let it go or yeah yeah it's, 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 it's he didn't a, have a willow stick right yeah it's a gray area for yeah. sure you should it, you know I guess it's the best thing to turn them loose but um, but what about predator control on a ranch what you're doing is you're trying to take those out, and I'm still not legal to take those out. This year, I did get a lion off of a ranch, but I went down and I bought a lion tag. I hired a guy with dogs, that it, and we went looking for a lion that was about four miles in a mountain range from a ranch, and we're assuming that was the lion that was killing calves. And um, I shot it with a pistol. But Bearcat? It, huh? Your, no, your, a long colt. <laughs> a 45 long the colt. The 22 shorts don't work <laughs> on the no. yeah. um, we Another thing that I found was interesting, um, lions will eat a bobcat out of a <clears throat> trap, right? We, we talked about your bar. That's I can't remember if it's in your bar or it's in the jail, but there's a trap with about three-quarters of a bobcat's paw on it. And... and that's what happens, right? If a lion comes across a bobcat that's stuck in a trap, he'll actually kill it and eat it, right? I think if a lion comes across a bobcat anywhere, anywhere it'll kill it and eat it. It'll kill and uh, I've had, I had a, um, in the, during the season, there was a um, uh, private property that I was trapping and I caught a coyote. And you guys supplied me with nine trail cams. This was a long time ago when it was okay to use trail cams. I think you still can on private property, but this was a long time ago. This was probably eight eight years ago or yeah. something. Uh, I caught a coyote, and everything was gone. Went back, reset, 
it looked like a weed eater had gone through the, or a brush hog and shoot everything up. Set another one, it was gone. So I set trail cams up and sure enough, caught a coyote and uh, I have a trail cam showing me that a mountain lion came up and ate him right there, hmm. just ate him. So there, there um, <clears throat> I had a guy out in the brush one time. I was out quite a ways, and he had uh, two or three pit bulls. Nothing, I have nothing against pit bulls, but he said, I, I told him, I says, hey, I've got some traps out here, so watch your dogs. And, and I says, and there's some lions out here. And, and he goes, well, I have three pit bulls, so I don't have to worry about that. And what I told him is a lion will eat a pit bull like a popsicle. <laughs> so, and that's the truth. You know, a lion is like spring steel. They're yeah. just... They're awesome. Unbelievable animals. Yeah. Jim, and, I've been listening to you. I'm, I'm very interested in the cohabitation, I guess. And let's just stick to those three main animals, the bobcat, the mountain lion, and the coyote. You're mentioning, you said earlier... You know, a, li- a, a cat doesn't want to smell a lion around, so you don't want to catch him. So along those lines, you're in an area. What's your experience as far as if there's a lot of bobcats? What's the ratios? What, what are you kind of looking at there? Just give me a general overview of, of how those three <coughs> predators can coexist in an area. Well, a mountain lion ranges. He, he goes everywhere. You know, everybody's uh, a bobcat. It Their range, a home... I don't know that a coyote has a home range because there's so many uh, in a litter that they just run. They can, they have their favorite spots. A guy asked me one time, how how would you, how would you take somebody out and show them where to catch any one of those, any one of them? Well, whatever their prey animal is. If if you want to catch a mountain lion, I, I think one of the best places to go is there's a whole bunch of sheep. And maybe wild horses or burros, because <clears throat> they—that's what they like. They'll follow deer around too, and they'll just follow the deer around until there's no more deer, and then follow another herd. My example for that was, if if you want to hunt cottontail, drive around, drive around until you find a thistle patch, and hunt for cottontail. That's where the bobcat's going to go too. He knows that. He knows that he, he knows where the pack rats are. He knows where the lizards are. He knows where um, a bobcat, his favorite food is cottontail. He'll eat anything else. They love woodpeckers too, but they, they'll, eat a, they'll eat a jackrabbit. But the home range for those is for a cat. And you probably remember on one of our episodes, I says, given enough time, I'm going to catch this cat. And the reason it was is because his home range was considerably small. I hunt desert, or I trap desert, so if a mountain, if if a mountain is a a two-mile mountain, that's its home range. And he works that home range every now and then. So given enough time, and what I do is, you know, I can give a couple secrets away. What, and, and coyotes do the same thing. If, if you, um, they, they talk to us. They tell us what they're doing. A bobcat tells me what he's doing. If he's walking and he goes to the bathroom and he doesn't scratch, he's on the move. If there's a lot of scratches, it's probably not a tom. 
It's a mama with kittens, and she's got turf. So they make their rounds. So if you take, if, if a bobcat scratches and puts a turd there, if you take that and you take the turd that you got 600 miles away and put it there, it's, it's like a flashing red light to the cat. He's going to come over there and wonder who the hell's in his country, and I'm going to catch him. On a coyote, uh, I told a guy, he goes, I don't know how to catch a coyote trapping. I go, best way I know how to trap a coyote is go out anywhere where you think there's coyotes, call. Just sit there and call, 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 call. Set a trap and leave. Because like an elk listening to a bugle, he pinpointed you, but he's not coming in. He sees your truck. But 96 hours later, 50% chance you're going to have a coyote in that trap because he's come to investigate what whatever left. He still wants that rabbit. So th that's how I, <clears throat> if I don't trap coyotes, that, that's not my target animal. I do for predator control, but, um, you know, I. So what, so what I think you're, you're saying, or if I'm picking up what you're laying down, a mountain lion, bobcat, and coyote, they coexist and can in the same area, but their range is a little bit different based on more what they like. They can cross paths, but they're kind of going to stay out of each other's way because they're not really, unless there's a fight over something, they're going to kind of stay out of each other's way because they have different needs or different likes and stuff. Exactly, Clay. The, the best, I guess, um, example I can give is elk and deer live together. Deer browse, elk graze. Yep. They eat different stuff. So the coyote doesn't eat what a bobcat eats unless it's an opportunity. The lion eats way bigger stuff, and the cat, you know, chases little things. So they're going to be in the same area, but they're not really going to hang out because what they eat and what they like are kind of in different areas. Yeah. They, you know, I've, I have trail cams set in um, on private ranches that... They'll walk down the same path, and they'll walk down the same path within four or five minutes of each other. They but, will coexist, for sure. Well, I was going to uh, one another cool thing that we picked up from you that you, and you kind of you you got close to it, but you didn't is the landmark um, mentality of a cat too, right? Which is something we learned, and we we went out behind a a mountain range calling coyotes and there was just one lone True. you know juniper tree yep. sitting there and and what jim will say is you know the, the cats like those landmarks even like old buildings right because the, the pack rats and stuff around them so they'll make their way over to that tree or that you know whatever it is and they investigate uh, looking for the food or whatever so if you've got a barren almost did it twice yeah, if you have a barren <clears throat> landscape what do i do with my hands it's this <laughs> put it mic's in my way i know God. if you've got a barren, don't don't get off topic <laughs> If I would have spilled on Clay's table, I got a nice fresh yeah. blue napkin here. Don't uh, forget your bib. Oh yeah. If you uh, <laughs> if you're in a barren landscape and you've got one big juniper tree sitting out there, that's where the cat's going to be, right? Or he's going to he's going to check that thing out from time to time and see if there's a woodpecker, or a rat, or something that's that's poking around that tree. And that's a cool little tip that you know we actually saw in the field. And you know Clay and I are driving down the road. And we go, oh look, look at that tree right there. And we went over and sure enough, there's a scratch under it. You know yeah. and and yeah, it's, been no, it's, a, it's we've been out on several coyote 
hunts, you know, walking in drainage, rock cropping, you know, you go up, walk, come across the hill, you sit down at the rocks so you can, you know, have a backdrop for your calling. And coyote scat or bobcat scat or a scrape or anything, what do we do? Call Jim. Yeah. Hey, Jim, here it is. And four days later or eight days later, the cat's caught. It's it's absolutely amazing. What I, I find really cool is the the broken CD trick. Oh, I wasn't going to mention that because I, I don't broken, know if he wants those tips out there. Oh, uh, is that okay to talk about, Jim, the broken CD? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm probably, you know... I'm getting up there. So I was going to say you might be close to retiring. I, I'm, you know, I'm, we, what, I'm, what what broken CD would it be? Cheryl Crow Col- Culture no, Club. No, no. Dixie Chicks. No. Dixie Chicks. You said it, Alex. What I did? Yes, you did. Who was it? I don't remember. Bob Marley? Mon Jovi. It was a Bon Jovi. <laughs> bon Jovi. Hey, no, no, you, re- around, you remember? Oh, yeah. You remember? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. But, but I'm just saying, in general, the, I remember what, he, what you're talking about. The one you used was a Bon Jovi. But I'm saying, in general now, I think a lot of broken CDs would be like Dixie Chicks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Lady A. Lady yeah. A. Yeah. Uh, get woke crowd. Anything yeah. that's not worth listening to, you probably God. don't want to. Anyway, so the broken CD trick, Jim, if I get it right, that say you found a scratch or you come across something around a tree or a rock crop, it's a little flasher because, right, curiosity killed the cat. They see that little CD, every spinning in the wind, little flash of the sun hitting it. They might not be the cat that you're after. They could be a cat that's like a, a mile away on a different mountain range, and they can see that little flash. And th- eventually, they might come over and investigate that because they're curious. They're like, that's not normal. What the hell is that? And yeah, there it is. Well, in Nevada, sorry, just one more time. In Nevada, you can't use live animals or bait or real parts of real animals when you're trapping. So... There's other things to uh, as an attractant that you can use to try to uh, get that animal to your trap, right? Yeah. You can't use... Exactly. And I, and I was going to say that, too, is that in the state of Nevada, uh, you can't... You have to use artificial everything. So um, on what, what Clay's talking about is, and Alex, what he teased me about... And, but it works, so he couldn't tease me very long on it, is I would take... The cool thing with a CD is anybody that see, looks at CDs, all everybody does, is they're, they reflect light. And a cat, his greatest thing is his eyes, and he hunts by sight. That's what he hunts by. So if there's something out there that's moving... Anything that's moving that's not natural, not a bush or anything that's moving. If if it's a timid cat, he's he may not go. But any and and Alex asked this earlier is in a litter of kittens because I just know the cats, the coyotes. I don't know that much about you know, but in the home range, what I'm saying is the home range is normally. Uh, about three and a half miles, three to three and a half to five miles is home range. So for me, if I set five traps, that's a lot. If I set five traps in one mountain, there's no sense in me setting another one a mile away because I'm after the same cat. So I just shut my eyes and go and look at my speedometer until 
I'm out of that cat's home range because why set 10 traps for one cat when you catch him with five? And so with that home range, and like you were saying earlier, Alex, that 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 cat's going to kick those kick those kittens out when they're 18 months old, or you know, going on that because they breed Mar uh, February March. That's their breeding season, and that's the end of our cat season. Well, those kittens, they don't look like kittens. They're still full-grown, but they're kittens. They're gone. Now they have to find their own home range. So a timid cat, a female, say, might have a two-mile home range, where a young tomcat might have a five-mile home range, just because he's a little more bold. They have their own personalities. They really do. They, um, that's why I say they talk to me. I go out, and I if most of these good cat trappers, and there's a lot of good cat trappers out now with all the literature out there and all the new videos and stuff, and a good cat trapper, if he finds a cat, he catches that cat. And if he doesn't, I wish he would call me. <laughs> they're, they're pretty predictable. I found a uh, uh, an article, or not an article, a piece of news that um, right here at Red Hawk Golf Course, there's a uh, bobcat walking around the neighborhood. Yep. What yep. what danger does that pose to house cats, dogs, you people, know, people? Kids. What what do you think about one being in, you know, the Red Hawk Golf Course in the neighborhood? There's photos of it in these people's back. You know, it's, I'm going to pull it up for you. It's a pretty good sized cat. Yeah, My friend showed it to me. He says, "Check out this mountain lion on this guy's fence." And I said, That's not a mountain lion. It's pretty big, but it's not a mountain lion. Yeah, you know that. I can't even tell you how big that is. That that's everything's in danger. Everything, even adults. Can you see that far? <laughs> he is old, but Jesus, uh, Alex. Can you get the Here. get it over to me? I I know it's not a high dollar cat. I can tell that. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have any spots going up his back, huh? No, he's too red. But um, yeah, and and the little fence behind it. And the sidewalk, I, and the house. I, I really, unfortunately, our laws. You know, cat season is four months out of the year. It's not cat season right now. It's kind of like the the problems they're having in um, Portland. It's hard to get a cop, and it's hard to get a law enforcement or a game warden to come on something like that. Some of the people like myself, you know, not only am I a trapper, I have a trapping license. I'm legal to trap in the state of Nevada. I have a business. Yeah, I was just. I I I have a business license through the state to trap predator control. Yeah. In other words, that that could even mean pigeons. Somebody can call me up. If they call me up on that bobcat right there, I can go get that bobcat. I probably with, with outside of hunting season or out, trapping season. Yes, yeah. but they don't. They don't. Um, you know, there's government money for, and I don't know if you know. I have some issues. I did, and I probably will leave them alone, but <laughs> not going there. Yeah. How about if you circle back around real quick to why you you caught my attention? You said that's that's trouble. Why? Well, why, why that reaction? Well, because right away? because uh, 
a, a bobcat, a lion, a coyote, those three things that we've been talking about, they don't know what a little kid is. They don't know, all they know is if it tries to get away, they're going to catch it and eat it. That, and, and, you know, the, the thing about predators that some of the people don't understand is you guys go out and you kill a coyote. I've seen you guys shoot coyotes, and I've been with you when you shot coyotes, and you kill them. You shoot them and kill them, and they're dead. A coyote grabs a rabbit and starts eating it. It's not even close to dead. Yeah. It just starts eating it. If it catches a baby, it's going to start eating it. It's not going to kill it. It's going to eat it to start. And so with that bobcat right there walking, it was walking over a sidewalk towards a fence, towards a house. And um, by, the, by the way, that cat has a 10-inch stride. <laughs> but, but, I thought you were going to say something. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no. You, are, you are good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, any one of those things are, you know, we can be mad at them. People can be mad at them. Um, but predator control takes care of that. Yeah. Predator control takes, there's all kinds of ways to catch those animals. You can do live traps and transport them somewhere else, especially like bobcats, lions. You know what? There's, we have to, a lot of lions, you know, and if you don't do something about the lions, the lions are going to start moving in to where, just like the bears, the only reason the bears come down to the house is because it's easy food. Yeah. That's why they're there. You know, um, you can do whatever you want to do, but if you put your garbage out, that bobcat that's going to smell the garbage. The coyote's definitely going to smell the garbage. And then the mountain lion's going to come in and eat the dog, the kid, and the coyote. Yeah. So they, they're, um, it's, a, it's a huge problem. And it's, 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 like, it's kind of like putting a hand grenade, loaded hand grenade, in a park. Somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, people will say, oh, they were here first. We moved into their neighborhood. I get that a hundred percent. But at the same time, we do coexist and we, I mean, lack of better terms, we're the top of the food chain, right? So the animals that now, because of our human, you know, growth, we are going to live in these animals and it's it's been that way ever since the dawn of time that we're moving in and encroaching on animals stuff so there is the more need to control them and, yeah. and jim's <clears throat> he's uh he's circling a topic that we've discussed before and that's the humanization of predators which yeah. is yes, what big time what the people in the world that are against it do and you shouldn't do human emotion and, and he just said you know a, a, a lion doesn't know that that that's a human child or a somebody's pet they just know food right they know food water fornication and and probably not much else yeah. i mean there's nothing else so for you to to place a human's emotion on something and say well yeah. You know, well, they were here first, and we got to coexist. Well, they don't have that mentality. Their mentality is, I got to eat, point. I got to drink, I got to have sex, and at some point, I'm going to get some sleep today, and that's it. That's what somebody told me that another hunter guy was thinking that that 
there hasn't been any rain or anything. It's dry as hell here, and he's moving down looking for water and food because all the other animals that are up in the hills where he usually eats has now moved down to the golf courses and mm-hmm. looking for that water and those bunnies around the water. Well, he's going to go right where that is, and now he's right in the backyard with a kid jumping on a little trampoline. Yep. And I so. think it's a... Uh, it's a funny one that sticks to me. I'm pretty sure it's Phil Roberts. You know that animals don't don't die in a cave somewhere surrounded by their loved ones. You know at, at the end of their life cycle, they most animals and you've talked about it before. They die a miserable death, right? They they either ground all their teeth down to where they can't hunt anymore and they starve to death, or they meet that bigger, healthier coyote, bobcat, you know, lion that wants them out of their area or kills them or does whatever. I mean, they 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 die a brutal death if they ever make it to where their life cycle ends anyway right jim yeah you know the um it's a, a lion will eat a lion a bobcat will eat a bobcat a coyote will eat a coyote most humans won't eat humans mm-hmm. the the what clay was talking about earlier is um they were here first you know unfortunately the people that are listening to this little talk we're having here um, aren't the ones that should be listening to it because most of the people that say they were here first are living where they are yeah. mm-hmm. and 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 they were they're right they were there first and now you're there and we've got to do something about that so you know if the economy is such that you have to build a house in X and that's where uh, a lion had its den for 10 years it that they don't know what asphalt is a, a, a garage is a cave um under a, a house is a is a cave yeah a, that's a great yeah, point yeah. A, a fence is a willow patch you know they they don't look at things Humanized. like that yeah, yeah. that's and, a good point that i never really thought about either yeah they they don't know what a road is they don't know what a fences they don't know what a barbecue is no there was a bear under a um a house in tahoe it's a cave right yeah. it's a yeah. that's a dark hole that it it didn't go hey i'm gonna get under this house here you know it it's actually hibernated under there i think yeah 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 uh, how about the aspect of that that cat that alex just showed you that's the middle of the day uh-huh and if i remember right do, cats are dawn and dusk hunters for the most part right well they'll for the most part well, but there, speak but on that and also speak to that. Is that a healthy cat? Is that a old, injured cat? Why, why would it be roaming a golf course in the middle of the day, potentially well, beyond just the natural aspect of things we're talking about? Well, if, if at home range, let's say the home range is um, like around our town here. We'll say Rattlesnake Mountain. Rattlesnake Mountain is a one-mile mountain, yep. mile-and-a-half mountain. If Mama has two kittens and she boots them out, they got to go find a home range. They don't, like Alex just says, they don't really know the difference between um, a rock outcropping and two rusted cars. Yeah. They don't, I don't think they look at that. I don't think they look, you know, they have short memories. Good Lord gave them short memories. If, if, if their kid gets killed, they lay next to it and wait for a rabbit to come along to eat. They don't, they're not like that. They don't, you know, I've always said they're not, they're weary. They're not smart. 
They're not intelligent like that. Yep. They're weary. I, people say, well, you know, what about what about putting that trap somewhere else? Or uh, I can see that trap. I go, what cat is going to walk up and say, hmm, number three, new house. I, I think I better not step there. It doesn't know that. Yeah. And then if it steps there and it's a kitten or a female and I turn it loose, not hundreds of times, but numerous times I've caught that same one in a trap again. The yeah, same trap. They yeah, don't know. Didn't you tell us you caught one that, uh, or was it a coyote that was it was missing two of its toes already, and then it was caught? So obviously it had already been in that predicament once before. And you, they don't know that. Yeah. No. I caught a fox one time. I caught it, turned it loose. Caught it, turned it loose. Caught it, turned it loose. Had sore toes. I don't know why he was coming back there. It, and he... Curious good. The next time I, I came back, it, it snowed, and he died. He froze. Yeah. yeah. So I took him, skinned him, and sold him. But but I would but I gave him three chances to run away because <laughs> I didn't. That wasn't my target animal. Right. What a. That's what's crazy to me too. People don't know it's a target animal. You're not just out there. Like you've you've mentioned a couple times, I don't go after coyotes, I don't go after mountain lion, I don't go after foxes. Every now and again, you'll catch them. But your target animal is a mountain or a bobcat, and that's what's amazing to me is of all the places in the world a bobcat can go, he catches a bobcat ninety nine percent of the time, uh, and the other animals go on their merry way. That's what's crazy to me. How good of he, you are the the, uh, <laughs> the the double trap is uh, is crazy to me too. Remember yeah. that when we Jim will set two traps and to better his odds of it not getting away, right? You, well, you, that's what why because of what he just said that cat has a ten inch stride. Well, because if uh, he misses the first trap with his lead foot, right? If he steps just before it and he only has that one trap out. He's going to step over it the next time mm -hmm. right, with his next foot, maybe catch a back foot. But if he has double and he knows from his education of seeing that cat walk there previously before he set the trap, that cat has a 10 inch trap. So double trap. If he misses the front lead, that next one is going to be 10 inches away. Yep. He's yep. either going to get caught somewhere on that deal. So the, the mentality behind that <clears throat> is awesome. But you have to know your cats, 10 well, inch stride, well, 6 you, inch stride. You, you're, you're exactly right. You know, I, I said a single trap for years and years I set a single trap but um, you know you say I, I my target animal it is but <clears throat> I've really done my homework yeah. I spent a lot of time studying you know I'll sit and watch a house cat walk around and you know they the cat's a cat but f for me like for my target animal is a bobcat he has a 10-inch stride. So I set two traps, like he says. That, that, that's one of my little secrets, but <laughs> I'll set two traps, and I'll crowd. He won't step on my crowd or my stepping stick, and I try to get him in a gate yeah. before that. It's kind of like a horse. If you, if you want a horse to put his right foot forward, you'll get him in a gate until he gets there. So if he has to step over a stick to step over another stick to step over a stick to get into your trap, you've got him in a gate. Yeah. You've, you've just told him how to walk. The, <clears throat> what I do is I take my trap and I set it for a four and a half to five inch trigger pull. That means a rabbit can step on it and I don't catch it. A kit fox can step on it. I don't catch it. 
and I, and I tell the coyote with my crowd not to come. He's too cautious. He won't go. Yeah. He won't narrow down. He'll go around. So uh, there I've eliminated a whole bunch of things. And then, of course, I have my cat scent. So I wanted to get into that before you get into that, because that's a very cool topic, cat scent, how that is. But before you, you, just to explain a little bit on your crowd or your step stick, cats make a living being quiet. Absolutely. Right? So that's why you crowd or have a stepping stick, because if they get to a, a spot where it chokes down and you're forcing them to walk a certain area and put sticks and stuff in between your traps, they're going to step in an open area because in their mind, being loud, they can't catch that rabbit. They can't catch that quail. They can't catch that animal that they're after. So they know to step where there's not going to make a sound. Well, and you, by you've said in the past, they'll never step on a stick, right? They'd, well, if, unless they have to. I mean, I not, not unless they have to. If they're in a hurry or something. But those of you that are listening to this, if you've watched a house cat step in the water, I can't give you a visual here, but the house cat will step in the water, and when he lifts that foot off, he'll shake that water off to step down again. He'll get that off. He don't like it. So what I do is I, do, I, I crowd it, and so he has to step over something that looks, it's kind of like you not stepping on a two-by-four that's set up on end. Because you know you'll either fall or you're going to lose, or you're going to hurt your ankle. You'll step over it, <clears throat> and so will the cat, a coyote. He don't care. He'll step anywhere, yeah. and and a fox will too. But so the cat steps over it. What you want to do is you want to make it kind of rough to begin with, and then on your traps you want to make it the smoothest, coolest, yeah. softest spot, clean to step. And to go ahead and put all your weight down. And the, the reason I have such a long trigger, trigger pull is because if a lot of people, this is another secret, but a lot of people will set their traps to catch snowflakes because a cat's fast. Well, a cat is fast. And if you set it too light and as soon as he touches that trigger, it goes off, he might get out or you're going to tow him. Then he's still going to get out because he'll just pull out. You want him to have a little bit more weight down in that trap before it goes off. I want to catch him deeper up. I want to catch him deep. And to catch him deep, you have a long trigger pull and a heavy trigger pull so that anything else that walks through there isn't going to. It's easy. It's it's. It's a little easier once you get going at it. I mean, you guys have been with me, and you've reset my traps, and you've set... You, it, it's kind of like you guys on the coyotes. I've seen you guys try all kinds of different calls and then switch up and, bam, call in a coyote that's a that's got three legs, been shot twice, has BBs <laughs> in his butt, and you still call him in. So there's a, there's a, there's a trick to... A lot of this, yeah. You know, I think I was just going to say one other, and uh, I'm, I can't remember if you taught me. I think you did, but another cool trick to trapping is they're again very curious, and what we're talking about is top ground traps, right? And where the, you're going to crowd them, but tell me, tell me how you would do it if you were to take a drill and drill a fresh 
hole in the dirt because these cats are curious again and they think that hole was made by a little mole or a little mouse or something mm -hmm. digging in that dirt so it's amazing that they'll be walking on a trail right they'll be walking on a trail and if you drill a hole in the dirt that fresh dirt seems like a hole and they'll come over to investigate and you'll put the trap right bef before that hole dirt hole trap dirt right? Hole. right that's what you used to call it yeah so that that's uh, so cool to me that yeah. they're you know that they're so curious. You put it on their trail, though. Every day they're walking a trail, walk a trail, walk a trail, and then the next day there's a little new fresh hole that you just dug for them. And boom. they want to stick their nose in it, right? Or they want to do? Well, they do, and that's 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 probably a dirt hole set is probably the most famous um, set for for trappers. A lot of people talk about them. There's there's a lot of good ways to uh, improve that set. You know, um, to me, you know, I used to trap gophers. And everybody goes, how do you catch gophers? I go, well, I catch gophers different than most people. What I do is I find their hole. Most people dig, a ho dig the hole up, put a trap in it, and the gopher tries to cover up the trap, and they catch them a lot of times. They miss a lot. What I did is I would dig the hole up and I'd pay, take a two inch piece of pipe and I'd slide my trap down the pipe because you can't fill a pipe. It keeps sliding this back This is the down. trap that I was talking about earlier that has the pipe in it. It's yeah. not a mud, or what's your, you're catching gophers with yeah, that. Yeah, and so you, you just catch it and then you just pull it out of the tube, you know, the tube and you put another one in there and you catch another one. So it's... It, so for the dirt hole, to improve the dirt hole, a lot, a lot of these guys that are going to be listening to this that are trappers are probably thinking, oh, yeah, you're full of crap, you know, but, but, but you know, let's go trapping. <laughs> you know, I, I did have a guy tell me, he says, how many traps, Jim, do you put out? I go, well, this year I've probably got about 20 out. At the end of the season, you know, the most I ever had at one time, of course, they're hopscotch, and I'm moving them and moving them, <clears throat> was probably 35. He goes, oh, man, I don't know. You just, that that might, you know, maybe you should get some more traps out. How, how many you got? I go, I got a few cats. And I didn't tell him how many I had, and he didn't tell me how many he had, but I, I know how many he had, and I had him by a few. So <laughs> I told him, I says, well, I'll tell you what, I'll ha let's have a contest. I'm going to give you 300 traps, and I'm going to take one, and we're going to go catch mice. You put 300 traps in your front yard, and I'm going to put one under your sink. Let's see who catches the most mice. Mm -hmm. It's all about shot placement, again. <clears throat> it's all about knowing your turf, going where they are. One canyon can have coyotes and cats, just like you guys do, and the same canyon next door doesn't. You know, so are you out running around looking for the <clears throat> before the season? Are you allowed to do that? There's not a day that goes by that I don't look for cats. So you can you can uh, scout if that's uh, the right term I found, all year round. Uh, you can scout all year long, and you know when I find a cat, I erase him. I, I remember him, mm -hmm. and that's another thing, you guys. I don't know. I can't remember my name, but I, I can put 200 traps out, and I never write anything down. Yeah. Right. It's a, I, I don't understand that. My, Barb tells me all the time. She goes, man, you can't remember if it's Channel 8 or 4, and I you, you run around and get these traps. <laughs> His mind is a steel trap. Ooh. Nice pun. Yeah. Nice pun. The, uh, and the, the lines that we've run with you, they're not in common places. I no. mean, they're they're... 
very, very far off the beaten path. And you know, like you said, 80 miles on a quad for one of your rides that you got to remember where they all are. And I mean, yeah. that's a, that's a feat in and of itself, but yeah. that comes back to your, you know, what, you know, you're not just throwing a trap, you know, weekend and playing golf, you know, you know where they're at cause that's where the cats are and you just go check them at, yeah. you know, from there. And, and that 80 miles, that 80 miles was probably over you know, six or seven lines. It wasn't an 80 mile run. It was over several. But I, I, what I I guess I'm getting at is they're not, you know, they're, they're back in the, they're back in the country. They're, they're not, they're not on the main road or anything like that, you know, so to remember every little turn you make and and pick up all your traps is pretty cool, you know. Yeah. And, and for the, for the trappers out there, you know, I would encourage them to do a lot of them do it, especially the kind of the old timers is if you go into an area and, and if, if, you're a good trapper if you got some salt you know what you're doing leave some cats leave the cats if you catch a female and you can't turn her loose because she's beat up too much or something you know uh and you know she's had kittens because you know she's had kittens leave let leave the leave the kittens for next year so we can have if there's two kittens we can have four next year right you know leave leave those you know leave them alone if if you're if you're in an area where you you go and go and go and go and you catch one and you know there's another one leave if you've gone too long because you catch them you catch them pretty pretty quick you know the the to me, that's our resource. And it doesn't matter, you know, why, you know, they say, well, you're killing them. Well, <clears throat> you know, I'm, it's predator control. You know, a pigeon, you know, that people hate pigeons because they poop all over the ceiling of everybody's roof and stuff, and you kill them, well, they die the same as a cat. Right. You know, they, they, there's no difference there. They die. It's what people can put their image on yeah, that makes exactly. them feel better about it, you know. Yeah. You could kill every every house mouse, that, you, like you just said, and pigeon and <clears throat> rat and everything. You know, those are okay to, to meet yep. their demise. But, yeah, that the, the beautiful bobcat or coyote, they're not allowed to meet their demise. And Yeah. It's a great resource for what better – what I can't think of a better thing. All my grandkids, and I have 12 or 13. I'm not going to try to name them because, (laughs) you know. But every single one of them have either been with me trapping or been with me looking. And, you know, they still love the video games and they still love that. But believe it or not, they would rather go camping and look for cat sign and like I says, if I find cat sign, I do away with it because that guy's just talked to me and he's all, I already know what's going on. Just like the cat you shot, the first cat you shot. And the first cat you shot was at the same place. No, it wasn't. Was it at the same place you shot yours? No. Different. I could go right to his. Yeah. Well, yours was a two and a half mile quad ride. Because that's where you picked up the can. I believe it was the largest bobcat you got that year, too. It was, it I believe it was. Cat. Yeah. God, he was big. Nice yeah. second shot, bud. Yeah. Third, fifth, third, fourth, third, ninth. Third. He was so scared. Missed, 
ear dead. Yeah. So the ear counts. That's a hit. Yeah. But the first one was a clean I'll miss. Give, I'll give you you're nervous, but it's okay. Yeah. My second. You were only two feet away, but you're good. You remember, that thing was mean, though, snarled. Oh, it came at me four or five times. Yeah. I'm, I'm lucky to have gotten out of there with my life. Is really, I mean. I thought it got you once. I, <laughs> hey, like, like old Jim says, it was a rodeo. Yeah. Uh, yeah just you, like you're saying with your, your kids on the, you know, you've allowed us to bring our kids and nephews on the, and they, they love it. You, and it, it teaches you, trapping teaches you a little bit more than trapping. It teach it do. It's the amazing. Education you the learn. education just in trapping, I think it's a little bit more involved than, I mean, just most things out there in hunting. Now, there's just, just an, an act that you, there's an extra step that you have to do right. and learn. It's, you kind of put it in the category of fly fishing to me, you know, purist. not being a fisherman really. Just you, you, There's so much more that goes into fly fishing than, than putting yeah. a bobber out there. And, yes. You know. Jim, do you see someone in your family picking up your tradition, a grandson or a... Yeah. Um, Ethan, he's got just got a scholarship for football, yeah. by the way. Nice. You know, going and to, uh, you guys know Ethan. Feather River. Yeah. Feather yeah, River, right? He's going to Feather River for playing I, football. I believe he was there with the, the rib, uh, rib and eye injury, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 Well, actually, uh, he's the one that drove my truck home when he was 12 years old, drove 80 miles on the highway, which yeah. was... Saved your life. <laughs> uh, getting back to what Clay says about the kids is... Is what better reward? Anybody that goes out there that that loves their family and loves kids and loves you know friends and just loves life, what better um, bonus would it be that I took Clay and you know my little buddy now is just I mean these kids have they're they're part of me kind of but. So we go out, we go trapping, we spend the day together, we have lunch together, we're in the mountains, uh, it's kind of tough, we got to do some walking, we end up with a cat, and at the end of that, this happened with Jeff Borsini and his son also, at the end of it, I was Uncle Jim. Yep. What the hell? How could beat that? Yeah, you can't beat that. If there's nothing else, if there's nothing else, how can you top something like that? In, in my opinion. And you know what? That was years and years and years ago. And I'm still Uncle Jim. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know. He's taller than me, and <laughs> and tougher. But you know, th so that you're right. There's a lot more to this hunting, fishing, golfing, outdoor stuff than um, the killing. Th th than the, the, that, you know, that's just a one second of it. The, I mean, literally, that has it, it, when everybody tells you a story about hunting, it's never the kill never that's never the kill the first thing you talk about are the memories camp or packing out or what that how hard the hunt was or you know who you were with the flat tire the flat, the, nothing the, yeah. the kill is never mentioned basically yeah i mean you guys I made a good shot yeah that's it that's <laughs> i remember one of your episodes i wasn't there but i know the place because i was there before is um you guys go out and you guys are professionals i mean you have sponsors with awesome uh camouflage your 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 rifles your scopes your bullets everything is very 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 professional i mean it's a and it's per, put together 
as good as it can be put together. But um, I'm not sure who, which one it was. I'm not sure which little guy it was, but he had a special camo. And the camo was a oh, little young. Caden on SpongeBob. <laughs> so, so, so when they panned across, I mean, this is, if, if you can just you know, close your eyes and imagine this, you pan across a mountain range and boulders and trees and sagebrush and, and you go through and, and you slow down at one of the guys that you can barely see and you move to the next one that you can barely see and then, uh, who was it? Caden. Caden, and he's in a SpongeBob <laughs> blanket. <laughs> yep. And you guys got coyotes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Same with uh, Chase. Chase wore those slippers and that puppy dog beanie member out there oh, that yeah. one day and we yeah when he was no, I, well I, I mean I don't know where we want to end this or take this but I, you've become family I mean ever since that day uh, from from the uh, bowling alley I mean I've been in your kids' wedding yep. been to weddings I've been to your retirement at the firehouse at the firehouse yeah. I mean we've it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, all from hunting, all, trapping, all I mean, from all from having the same interests. Yeah, and and the thing is, is what's cool, Clay, is you you didn't necessarily or Alex, you know, didn't necessarily have exactly the same interest as I did, but it overflowed onto you yep. and what you guys have done overflows onto me, you know, like, uh, I, I don't know, you know, you guys do lots of other things. You guys can sing. <laughs> I, I've been to some of the, uh, what do they call them? The episode before the episode uh, the premiere the, parties, the premier parties. and, and you guys get up and sing. And I mean, these guys can sing, you know, they, and play guitars and, you know, the episode that we did where, uh, you took off your sweater and put on your boots. You know, he's got a hairy chest. So still has a sweater. sweater. Yeah. He only got one sweater off. That's what yeah. I, I, it really, you know, and it, it's your character and it's your personality. But I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that wouldn't have helped us that day. And I mean, you know, we financially are invested in a trip like that. You know, we've traveled the Fallon. We've spent the night in Fallon or right or wherever we stayed. And maybe that was the duck club. I can't remember, but we have money invested into, you know, you, when you go hunting with your buddies, you just go hunting with your buddies. You know, when, when you bring the, you know, the, the, the gear and everything that we bring out and, and we're financially invested in a trip and we're struggling, you know, and we reach out to a guy like you and say, Hey, have you seen any Kyle? You know, you easily could have said, nah, you know, I haven't seen any around because you, maybe you don't want us in your territory, your country. What if we mm -hmm. call in one of your Bobcats, you know, what if, but you know, sight unseen, you never knew us or anything of us, you know, you, yeah, you know, go out on this back and, and, and it wasn't a BS lead. We, like you said, we killed two right where you told us to go. Yep. And, you know, again, it's part of your character and your personality that, you know, we became friends and family over that. But, you know, like I said, you could have easily said, yeah, I haven't seen anything out there. Sorry, guys. And we would have gone on our merry way and maybe never seen each other again. But it, it speaks volumes to you to help us that way. And, you know, that's why we became friends and family at, at this point, you know, is just because you're a great dude. And I, I, I you know, like I don't want to end without I, I want to know what what you'll tell us. What's the strangest or coolest thing you've ever caught in a trap? 
Like, I mean, obviously Bobcats and stuff, but you know, I, I have a memory and it, whether it's right or wrong, we, we, you caught a rabbit once that I was there and caught all four of his feet yeah. and, and he didn't live through that. And you know, the circle of life, something ate that, that, but I thought that was cool. You know, you could tell in my mind, I relived, you know, he jumped and he landed his four feet in that trap and it came together and he fell over and that was it for him. Yeah. You know, so what, what's something cool? Have you ever caught a snake? Have you ever caught a, you know, whatever, uh, you know, Alex, I've caught just about everything you can think of out there in the mountains is uh, but for you as trappers see that rabbit jumped over the first trap so, <laughs> just just to let you know <laughs> but I think the the craziest thing I ever caught by myself that you know I've, I've caught some uh, the lion that I turned loose was by myself but it was filmed I, I had that film there so that I wouldn't get in trouble mm-hmm. but at that time we could catch lions this not catching lions has only probably been for the last eight or nine years I think something like that but the most I guess unusual thing I ever caught and I probably told you guys about this because you've probably been to the spot was I caught a burl I caught a burl by the front leg, and I burls have little feet, so I held them. Oh, no way. What a rodeo that was. <laughs> I, I've not heard this story. I've not heard this story oh, either. Well, <clears throat> I, I had caught a couple cats in this spot, and it was, a, it was a kind of an old, it was probably within two miles of an old mining town. And what there was is there was a, a cast iron pipe that had run through and been cut off but it was stuck in the ground and so that's what I tied to for my drag Um, and and you couldn't pull it out with a truck so I caught a couple bobcats there and I'm on a, a little quad at the time and I go up and there's a burrow standing there I'm like geez they usually don't let me get this close but I drove up, and I'd caught it. (laughs) And so I'm like, this is really going to be hard to do. So with a burrow, you you know, I don't know how to choke a burrow down. And they're mean, right? I mean, they're, the, the, a wild burrow is mean. They're, and they're vocal. Yeah. They're, they're, they're vocal. And they have teeth. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they have hooves. The three of them work, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, the only way, fortunately for me, there's a big juniper tree there, because you guys know I, I like that kind of country. And so, what I did is I, uh, I took a rope and rope the burrow and roped around the tree and hooked it to my quad and pulled him away from you pulled him uh stretched him out and he fell down and but then you've got that one leg still kicking so you got to tie that up it took a long long time and um, but you got him out. I got him out, and um, he he didn't even run away. He just kind of walked around and then left. Think I mean, of, he said, "Thank you." Think yeah. think about what Jim just said. If you want to be a trapper, he had the wherewithal to have rope 
you know, uh, enough rope to rope a, a burrow. He talked about, you know, the extra snares for the line. You, you got to have a toolbox with a hundred years of knowledge in it to go out and trap, right? Or you're, yeah. you're going to be screwed. Alex, that's a, you know, that's really a valid point. And I'd like to tell the, the trappers out there, as you guys well know, I, I spent a couple of days in the mountain when my truck broke. Mm-hmm. Well, I broke my truck in half, went off a cliff and broke it in half. So my wife, Barb, she has this app. It's called 360 app and she could find me with that so i didn't have cell service to call but i could text so i text her and i says barb i'm i'm broke down <laughs> really and she, she yeah I'm she broke goes, in half she goes you're gonna be late i go i'm broken half i'm broke i can't get out she goes okay i'm on my way so she comes out to get me and i was far away and um but she couldn't find me so and there's a moral to this story so she could not find me and so she texts me and she goes do you want me to follow the crumb trail and i go no absolutely not you'll break too (laughs) stay on a stay on a bladed road and just keep telling me where you think you are on the gps on my truck so she did, and I go, well, you're, you're close, but I'm over a hill from you. So stop the truck. I'm going to f- shoot three times in the air. She couldn't hear me. I go, go a half a mile, stop the truck, tell me I'm going to shoot again. The third time, she says, I hear you. You're behind me. Two and a half days later, I get my truck out. Jesus. So we're stuck. The moral of that story is I had... Um, military, but you don't have to go to the military to get them. I had food enough for three days. I had a backup. Uh, I had a full tank of fuel in the back of my truck that I use only for emergencies, and I keep my other tank full. So if I have to run my truck in cold weather for a long time, I can, even if I'm broke. To sit in the heat with the heater. Stay going. in a heated, heated uh, deal. Have an app and um, have a backpack with all the stuff that you need to build a fire and possibly anything else that you might have to do when you're on your own. The other key thing I can say is, and and I have a rule, and Barb knows this, is I stay with my truck. If you stay with your truck and you have your means to stay warm and you can eat and drink and, you know, not not like you drink, Alex, Mm -hmm. or you guys, but drink, um, somebody will find your vehicle. They can always find a vehicle, airplane, whatever. So it's just a a good thing for those trappers out there because trapping is a one-man operation 90% of the time. So... 20, 20 years ago, before this app, at what point would you have walked out? Or is there a point you'll walk out, or do you tell Barb, hey, I'm going to be home tonight, and if you don't see me home, then you come after me? Would you have ever tried to walk out? Or? I, I, I did a few times. And what I would do then before the technology is, you know, I've been stuck enough times that it's it's kind of harsh. So I'd, I wouldn't use it, but I always had a little... Um, mini like a little uh honda 90 in the back of my truck and if i got stuck i that's what i'd use to get out to get back that was my civilization that was my my smart so just so those any of these trappers out here you can break down at any time 
and it's a good thing to you know put it in your truck it takes a, a, a a little bit of room and leave it in your truck. But even Just, not even trapping, right? Deer hunting, chuck yeah. hunting. If, if you're going to go off the beaten path or you're going to oh, yeah. go, yeah. you know, outside of, you know, your, your area and you're going to go hunting miles into the backcountry, you got to have that stuff. Yeah. And this 360 app is a, I don't know. Do you know about that? Sure. It, it's for those of you that don't know, you know, even if, even if they can't see you, they can see you. They can dot you on your their phone. Yep. It's it's pretty cool. So even though she couldn't see me, and she didn't know exactly where I was, she knew roughly where yeah. I was. Yeah. The other thing is to always um, be able to charge your cell, your phone in your truck. Mm -hmm. If you don't have, if if you have had battery problems, always take something else with you. One of the things that'll charge your phone. Yeah. Is just to have yep so anyway that was the uh the last time i talked to jim was uh i don't know about a month ago when this fire started up here behind the house yeah and uh there was a guy walking i pulled up to see if i could help or anything and there was a guy walking with a lady and the fire truck started getting there and we, we you know talking he says oh i used to be you know i'm retired but i used to be at fireman down in Fallon. I'm like, oh, you know my buddy Jim? Oh, yeah, Jim sailing, you know. And uh, so we FaceTimed him and he he said, yeah, Jim retired too and, you know, I was there at the, and there was this really funny guy who who talked at his deal and <laughs> it was it me. Was you? <laughs> I had never met this guy. I probably met him at the retirement party, but this guy was like, Yeah, there I remember there was this kid or to talk to his retirement party and told these stories and pretty funny because I got some stories from oh, his, man. His, his family, you know, I had I, I made my speech, a little research. A little research. I I had some uh, stories of Jim for his retirement party and people. Some were a little off the beaten path. But one the last one was a good one, but we probably can't say <laughs> no, that. But it was, it was, uh, it, you actually silenced the room for a minute there. Yeah. It was. But, but oh, after all, I'm going to read something that Jim gave me. I still hang up on my wall. And because of hunting and trapping, this is, this is what I got from old Jimmy. This is a long time ago. It's a poem or a letter that he wrote called Old Friend. And it says, if a man can love another man, I guess I love a true friend. There are times sort of hollow space that can only he can fill in moments that we have between hunts, between life's little things, between distant promise of a purple Nevada sunset and the sudden excitement of a big buck. I like the things he stands for and the way he stands for them. I like to enjoy wasting time with you to share an old tale, a laugh or a lie and to live a great days that's long lost to every other living soul but you and me. Old friend, we will always be together at Christmas Eve when staying close to family and loved ones at home. For now is the time for thoughts and dreams. If I could have my way, all Christmas days would be spent in old clothes and warm boots and with you, my old friend. The weather would be cold with a fill of coming snow. I would pack up the rig and point the nose north. At the end of the journey would be an old snug cabin. The fireplace would cradle for, with a four-foot long log and a large window would face west to the setting sun. A half a mile or so away would be a blind set 
on a sheltered cove, a good one, which dulled the sharp wind at your back. We would not pack up until we were tired of being here and there would be time to spare. We would stay out too long in the weather and have to p be put up in a place we see too little of. A small room with a hot pine fire and a wet dog to give a little character to the smoke. I'd say... I'd lie and say I could shoot your gun just a little better than you. Then we'd trade a little whiskey back and forth and, take, and talk about hunts we've never been on. But give us both a cold north wind that spits a little snow, and we will bo both be back tomorrow given half a chance. That's why you and I get along so well. You will be there too. Old friend, real friends, always have someone. We sit and look at pictures of shots we've never will never have again in places we'll never go again and stare at faces of men we've known and liked and we will never see again they are <coughs> they are gone and they look they are gone and took too much of the good with them i'd like to wipe away and touch a Way the touch of winter that has come to stay forever with some of my old friends. I'd like to take the friendships I really treasure and stretch them out for times to come. Old meadows, old cabins, old dogs, and old friends should never go away. My Christmas wish is that all our sweetest yesterdays become tomorrow's old friends. So go into softly and thoughtfully, for another year must pass before we can come this way again, and neither you nor I or next December will ever be the same again. Old friend, here's a toast to you who made my dreams come true. All good. And I promise so long as Mustangs, <laughs> Mustangs run free, Nevada songs are sung, and good dogs sleep at our feet. We will sit by the fire and drink whiskey. Whiskey. Jim Sailing, 2013. You wrote that. I love you, man. I love you, buddy. <laughs> anyway. Beautiful. No more whiskey for Clay. Tequila. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's, that's what trapping and hunting does right there. That's, that's what living in Nevada does. I don't. I know no better way to end the show. That's, yeah, just that's what that getting right off the pavement yeah. does. That's right. That's right. right? I, th I think that's what good friends do. I do too. We that's we appreciate cool. you coming with us, Jim, and uh, yeah. we should probably do this again one day. I think you yeah, got a wealth so, of you know, knowledge. There's so many more stories and things oh, that we can talk about with Jim. We didn't even scratch the surface with this man. He's lived it. He's done it. He's he's got off that <laughs> beaten path mm -hmm. where the pavement ended and and lived a life that. <laughs> a glorious I mean, one. I mean, just amazing. Clint, you got anything you want to say to Jim? You've been silent I, for the last 30 Well, and this goes back to the very beginning called. of the podcast, but it's, it's funny how things kind of come around full circle and stuff you don't even realize. Our father, Chad Clay, and my, my dad passed away at an early early age. And uh, he, he had his mind on being a pig farmer hey. in the little town of Fallon, Nevada. Yep. That was his future. Him and my mom before they were married or just as they were married. I think they I can't quite remember just before or just after, but they moved out to Fallon. Yep. A bullfrog came up in the toilet, scared <laughs> my mom and they left there and he became a uh, plumber, a tradesman plumber in local 350. And you were nearby, I, I imagine mm -hmm. IBEW, right? I was. And just crazy how, uh, you know, all the stuff we've been talking about, how it comes around full circle, how we're all tied together and, uh, you know, you and Clay are, are much closer than, than you and I are, but I think that that's probably a, an underlying thing there. It's it, it's a father figure, a friend, and, you know, just, again, this, this lifestyle and how it brings us together and how uh, you know, a lost family member brings in a new one. Yeah. yeah. You know, to, for me, it, with all the stuff that's going on in the world right now, there's so many terrible things going on and so much fighting and hate and and it's so refreshing 
to for us to be able to sit here and unfortunately I'm the one that had to mention it right now but nothing like that was mentioned it was all about it was all about the the love and kids and family and what we love to do and and so you know we've got a lot of hope we've got a lot of hope that everything will be good yep. you know because of just what we're doing right now and what we're sharing and the, so it's a blessing to me those kids and i we could go down this rabbit hole again <laughs> but i don't want to but those kids if they could get an hour with a guy like jim would not do the things that they did uh-huh. and, and that's what i be, i believe that there's just the, the people of the world that live in big cities and nothing against it. It just, it's how you were raised and it's different than what we were raised as. Yeah. And I can go spend an hour in the city and it won't change what I am. But I think if you spend an hour in the desert with a guy like Jim or us, I mean, whatever, it will change what they are. 100%. And, and th- But they'll never, most of them will never get that opportunity. They don't want that opportunity. And you know, it, they're not all bad, but they, uh, yeah. They just weren't raised the way that we were raised. And unfortunately, it's that's the byproduct of it, right? Is things that they'll do, we would never dream of doing. And, you know, it's because our dads and guys like you taught us a better way of life. And that's what I hope. I don't have kids, but your guys' kids and your grandkids, they'll push, you know, the the future generations down the right path. And, you know, that's a heavy topic to think about. Mm-hmm. And something that yeah yeah i think about the same all the time you know it's just it, it, it is a heavy topic and you know for, uh, i think it's just you know he just explained it you respect your dad you you know you talk about your brothers you know i respect my dad my dad respected his dad and you know and i know i i know you know in my heart that my family respects me you know, it's none of them hate my guts. Right. N- none of them talk back to me, you know, and, and they don't not talk back to me because I'm mean. They just don't. They respect you. They, they don't. It's just a diff- it's a different way of life for sure. And I, yeah. I know it's called old school or new school or whatever. But unfortunately, I agree. I wish that more people could uh, get a glimpse of our lives yeah. and, and see how cool it is. Agreed. Mm-hmm. All, All right. right. <laughs> Set us off there, old Cross boy. Till next time. What do we got? Uh, I don't know when the next one is, but. I like that send off last time. If you could duplicate that. Ooh, with yeah. Chance. Some the wrestling. Lines. Well, Jim, Jim was a firefighter. So and a, an electrician. So ch- he did a send off for Chance with baseball. Smokey. Say, that's funny. I, I, I don't know if they call firefighters Smokey, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go. To, I know they call electrician Sparky. So yep. we got a Sparky, Smokey. Uh, what are the other seven dwarves? <laughs> 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 I don't have a great send off. Sleepy. Uh, sleep. You don't need a send off. Jim. Jim is a badass. And uh, if I, you ever get a chance to go back and watch episodes and learn from them, or, you know, if you have questions, you can write in or email us and, and, uh, and get your questions answered. But there is a I wealth will... of knowledge that is very willing to share. And, uh, like he did with us 10 years ago and, and I'll say it's not goodbye. It's, uh, until yeah. we do this again, Next time. I, we, we did not begin to scratch the surface yeah. of what Jim is, No, not and, even close. Uh, but we appreciate you coming in and, uh, we'll have you back again in the very near future. We'll be in Fallon in the near future for drinks on you. That wonderful Mexican restaurant you like to That's take right. us to. Mm-hmm. Please stay out of Fallon though. That's a well 
kept secret that we want people to <laughs> be hanging out in. I, too, want to be some sort of a rancher in Fallon at some point in my life. All right, everyone. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you.